Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a joy to be with you yesterday in the time we spent on the book of Revelation and today in your worship service. I bring you greetings from your seminary at Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, the brisk breeze uh, this morning felt a little bit like Fort Wayne, uh, even here in California. I, as I was talking with your pastors this past week, I said it would be wonderful in light of uh, the fact that uh, the Festival of St. Michael and All Angels was last Tuesday, if I could preach on the epistle for St. Michael and All Angels um, today, and it'll continue the theme from yesterday in our conference in Revelation. So I read you my text from Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 12, which was the basis of our hymn that we just sang. And there was a war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels waged war, and they were not strong enough, and there was no longer a place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, who accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even to death. For this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath and knowing that he has only a short time. This is our text. Accusations can be a very damaging and difficult part of our daily life. My teenage children are great at it. You were supposed to walk, walk the dog today. No, I've been walking the dog all last week. It was your turn. Or husbands and wives take that blame game to a new level. You were supposed to pick up the turkey at the deli today. No, you didn't communicate that clearly to me, honey. Indeed, employees love to take credit for business successes, but when there's a problem that comes up in the business, all of a sudden, they're blaming somebody else for that problem. Even more dangerous are accusations given by eyewitnesses of a crime that bring testimony that results in the judgment against a person, a judgment that in some cases is death itself. Some accusations are justified. Others, as DNA evidence has proved, are false accusations and often even destroy reputations. Yes, indeed, accusations are a serious matter. Our text from the book of Revelation for this celebration that, of St. Michael and all angels that the church observed Tuesday does not only speak of the wonderful work of God's created angels, Michael and all the others, but it also highlights the work of one of God's fallen angels, namely an evil angel called Satan and the devil. It highlights his work as the accuser who accuses sinners before God day and night. Satan is depicted in this text as a prosecuting attorney, bringing evidence against sinners before God. 
He is depicted as accusing them of not being worthy of fellowship with God now or for eternity. The joyous message that this text brings us is that this accuser of all mankind, Satan, is no longer able to come into the heavens and to bring accusation against sinners. This text unveils for us, reveals for us, the victory in heaven that brings hope to us here on earth. Satan's rebellion and removal is one of those mysteries in the scriptures where there's just not a lot written about it. We almost wished, Lord, you had given us a few more details in your word. However, we do know that after the creation and before the fall of Adam and Eve, Satan and several other angels, maybe up to a third of the host of created angels, succumbed to Satan's temptation and rebelled against God. No doubt he used the same kind of temptation with them that he used with Adam and Eve. Don't you want to become like God? I'm offering you that possibility. This text from the Revelation 12, though, does help us understand further certain details about what happened afterwards. The book of Job, as well as this text, make it clear that after Satan's fall, he and evil angels still had access to God's throne room, still could come before God. And indeed, one of their activities, one of Satan's activities, was to bring accusation against sinners. Our text says, the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down who accuses them before God day and night. The scene that this text presents is not a pretty one. Powerful angel, Satan kept reminding God who is holy and just about the sins of mankind day and night. The one who deceived Adam and Eve continued to remind God of the ongoing pattern of sin in Adam's descendants. Uh, there's a vision in Zechariah's prophecy that really puts this vividly before our eyes. It's in chapter 3, and it shows Satan accusing Joshua the high priest. And I read it to you. And listen to who comes to Joshua's defense. The text reads, Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing on his right to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Indeed, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was, was clothed with filthy garments and standing before the angel. And the angel spoke and said to those who were standing before him, saying, Remove the filthy garments from him. Again, he said to him, See, I have taken your iniquity away from you and will clothe you with festival robes. The picture is clear. Satan reveled in the power to stand before God and accuse a sinner like Joshua the priest. It was the angel of the Lord who comes to the defense of Joshua against Satan turning the filth of his sin, pardoning it, and clothing him in festival robes. The good news that's trumpeted from our text in the book of Revelation is that this accusation activity of Satan against sinners has ceased due to a war in heaven. 
that brought an end to Satan being able to ever come before God again. Listen again to the text. There was a war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war again with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels um, waged war, and they were not strong enough, and there was no longer found a place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and, and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. What good news. Satan can no longer come into the presence of God and accuse people of sin. Michael, one of God's archangels, and his fellow good angels did battle with Satan and his angels and he, they threw Satan and the evil angels to the earth. Now it appears from first glance that the source of this victory is the power of Michael and the other angels, almost as if Satan and his angels were not as strong. The source of this victory, however, is neither solely nor primarily Michael and his own power or the power of the good angels. Our text tells us a little bit later about Christians being able to overcome Satan also. And it points to the victory, their source of victory, indeed the source of victory for Michael and his angels. It says, And they overcame him, namely Satan, because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even to death. If Christians overcome Satan by the power of the blood of the Lamb, that's also the source of power that Michael and the good angels used against Satan and the fallen angels. The song of praise in our text puts credit where credit is due. The blood of the Lamb is the source of victory. This is an obvious reference to Jesus Christ as the unblemished, perfect sacrifice whose blood pays for the sins of all sinners. The basis for Satan's removal as the accuser before God is the sacrifice of Christ for sin. Satan can no longer accuse sinners because Christ paid the price of all sin and has taken his place. Christ has taken the place before the Father as the advocate of all sinners interceding for us. John, the apostle, writes of this wonderful work in his first epistle, and he uses that very language of advocate. He says, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. The Apostle Paul also tells of Christ's defense for us. The prosecuting attorney, Satan's out of the room. Christ, our defending attorney, pleads for us. Paul writes, Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is also interceding for us. The source of this victory, then, is the blood of the Lamb. The key battle in the war against Satan was not one angel, Michael, fighting against another angel, Satan. It was the Lord Jesus 
confronting Satan and all the forces of evil, yet remaining obedient to the Father in all things, even unto death, death on a cross. Michael and his angels are not some kind of independent militia. They are the army of the Lamb of God that brings his victory to Satan and to the fallen angels. By casting Satan, by the power of the blood of the Lamb, out of heaven forever. Christianity is not some kind of dualistic religion that speaks of the forces of good going against the forces of evil as if they were a battle of equals. It is a faith that confesses that the Lord of creation has reestablished his rule over rebellious creation, including fallen sinners and fallen angels. This victory in heaven brings us hope every day here on earth. For our text states, For this reason rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and to the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. Now that latter part of our text doesn't seem all that encouraging. The devil, present on earth, that doesn't seem very encouraging. And yet we remember that in spite of his wrath, we who dwell on earth do not need to fear Satan. He cannot bring accusation against us before God any longer because of the blood of the Lamb. Indeed, as Luther says in his great hymn, A Mighty Fortress, one little word can fell him, namely, Jesus. What Jesus has done as the Lamb of God shedding his blood for us. Yes, when your sins are drowned in the waters of holy baptism, or forgiven in the absolution as they were again today, or pardoned through the eating of Christ's very body and blood, the body and blood of the Lamb of God, you, you stand forgiven before God in heaven. Christ is your advocate. Satan can never bring accusations against you. We see this so wonderfully in our text. Moreover, we are reminded that the same angels who cast Satan out of heaven are the angels who daily watch over us as God's dear children. They watch over us, they protect us, and they do not meet Satan as equals, but they meet Satan as superior in the Lord Jesus, their creator. Lest anyone think that we do not have hope in the midst of evil, we read about Satan and the evil angel's destiny in the end of the book of Revelation. It says, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown, and they will be tormented day and night forever. That's our sure and certain hope about the future. We thank God for this victory in heaven won by Christ on the cross, carried out against Satan by Michael and all of the good angels. This victory fills our earthly struggles with hope as we press toward this heavenly goal day after day, generation after generation, surrounded and protected by God's good angels, Michael and all the others. We join their voices as we did this morning in our hymn of praise, 
You are worthy, O Christ, because you were slain. With your blood you purchased people from God, for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. You made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth forever and ever. Amen. The peace of God which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.